he's a successful realtor. Yeah, he's America. done. He's done better than all of us, hasn't he? Well, I don't know. That might be addicted to crack. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week it is Final Destination. <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. It's better effects than the film. What, what, what's that one called? Uh, it's just called Train. I had to, I had to uh, find that one. Um, it took me a while scrolling to be honest but similarly to final destination we don't take no for an answer <laughs> that makes yeah. us sound oh, pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. I, do. Yeah. I do that, that sounds that makes us sound really creepy so we do take no for an answer we really do especially if the question is do you want to watch suicide squad again um, <laughs> so basically if you've never heard this show before essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that but there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans including a caption contest a quiz lots of banter some terrible I don't know, musical instruments and poor impressions. So why not have a little bit of a listen? If you've never seen Final Destination, I mean, come on, it's been about like 18 years now, guys. But what you can do is you can either watch it and come back to this episode or fast forward to our fun-packed quiz. Uh, Just to say it will be a particularly spoilerific episode. Now, before we go on with the show, just to say that the last film that we put on trial as part of our Halloween horror month was... The Woman in Black. And I was the judge for The Woman in Black and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. I've since gone away and watched the film, so did I make the right call? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I didn't think you back. would, to be honest. I, 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 it seemed a bit... like the, the plot just plodded along for a while. I, I think if you're a big horror fan, as you are, and you've just watched shitloads of horror films, you're not, it's not going to be much anything new there for you. Yeah, well, I think as well, because I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House, mm. and then I watched that in the middle of it, and it was like, oh, this isn't as good. And Daniel uh, Daniel Radcliffe. It's it, fucking appalling, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. Not, he's not great. And the whole time, I, all I was thinking was like, right, hang on, how old's Daniel Radcliffe in this? He was, so he was, as the actor, he would have been 22, 23 when he was filming. The kid was four, so how old was he? So that, that was all I was thinking. And that was all I was thinking the last but time that's I was totally watching. Totally so you're ages now as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I know what you mean. It just, it just didn't feel. Uh, it just wasn't the, believable. The, these were all my valid arguments that I said at the time, Gav. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, to be honest, to be honest, I still think it should be on the hit list, but maybe right at the bottom. Scrape at the bottom next to the Meg. What about tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow really. never dies. It's above it. <laughs> but I did try and rewatch The Woman in Black 2, which I went to see in the cinema with my mum, and it was awful. So I thought, yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad. And it was. It didn't even last 20 minutes, to be honest. It was. It, has anybody seen it? Yeah, no. it's diabolical. Oh my God, it's, isn't it horrible? It's like the director is holding you down and farting in your mouth. It's just disgusting, <laughs> disgusting film, to be honest. Strong and specific <laughs> imagery. There, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so before we kickstart uh, proceedings here, I think it's time for a little bit of news. So yes, yeah, so The Rock is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's the theme from Final Destination, which I just learned about half a minute ago. <laughs> so uh, what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So without further hesitation, Joel, it's your turn. Um, yeah, so we've got a few spooky trailers this week with the, uh, with the Halloween theme. The first one is The Curse of La Llorona. So the trailer's actually quite long. It's about three minutes long. And I thought it looked quite spooky, but then again, quite a lot of things scare me. But, you know, certainly, it certainly did pique my interest. There was that scene in the car where... Uh, that was the uh, whole scene. It, it was pretty much the whole trailer, yeah. But I, I thought it was, um, you know, nice and atmospheric and I was shitting myself. So <laughs> uh, as far as trailers go, I think it's done the job there. It, it looked good, and I'd probably go and see it, but I'd, I'd be interested to see if it had anything new. I don't know, it didn't look particularly original, but, you know, it looked scary, so... Yeah, I agree, I don't it. think it looked anything spectacular. Special. I think it, yeah. made a, it maybe gave away a little too much, to be honest with you, as well. Like, you saw the face of this, whatever it is, is a ghost, I'm presuming, or something? Ghost kid. Yeah, yeah, you see the face, and it's like, that's a bit of a giveaway for the film. That's kind of a reveal you want in the film, right? Yeah, but then... You have got F. Murray Abraham, so I'm probably going to go Murray see it. Abraham. <laughs> you, you could have turned the trailer off after about two seconds. Yeah, F. Murray Abraham, done. You have my money. <laughs> uh, the second trailer is Escape Room, which it, it, to me seems a little bit of a sore rip-off. Basically, the whole plot premise is um, some kids basically want a new thrill, so they go to this escape room where they're promised a million pounds, I think it is, or a million dollars if they get out of it. But then it turns out that all the stuff that they're trying to escape is actually real. Um, so, you know, if you get texts from strange people asking you to play a game in a strange room, don't go, I think. That's the moral. That's the moral. The moral. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, coincidental because we all took part in essentially an escape room at the weekend, didn't we? No, we did. We <laughs> so did. how did how did we fare in that? What do you reckon? Are you looking at Aussie then? I am looking at Aussie. <laughs> Dave, would you like to give a brief description of what happened? Well, essentially it was a zombie experience day we did in, in the suburbs of Liverpool for, for Joel Stagdu. Congratulations again, Joel. And um, yeah, essentially we got wiped out by a horde of zombies. Despite the fact we were armed with BB guns, we still got wiped out multiple times. And uh, Austin... I think got wiped out a few more times than others, and God was it. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I found it terrifying. Yeah, I, well, I hate horror films, so this is like my worst month. Uh, Halloween is my favourite of the holidays, but this Halloween horror month is <laughs> by I, far I, my worst I, I, month. It's just nice to know now that yeah, yeah. you react to horror by uh, screaming and doing, <laughs> and doing jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the sound you make. <laughs> Uh, it I mean, was fun though. If you don't like <laughs> horror films, I don't know why you volunteered to immerse yourself in one. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so the last little bit of news that I wanted to talk about was the Guillermo del Toro directed Pinocchio is due to be released on Netflix, but I think it's about to go into production. It's going to be released on Netflix next year, hopefully. So how do people feel about a Pinocchio film directed by Guillermo del Toro? It's not about Guillermo del Toro. Pinocchio was done perfectly by Walt Disney years and years ago, so I'll never go and see anything. If I want to see Pinocchio, that's the one to see. It's, it's done. It was done perfect. Well, to be honest, I don't think it's going to be a like-for-like remake like most of the live-action yeah. Disney ones. I think this is going to be doing it a bit more... Um, it's going to be a bit darker, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the original Pinocchio is pretty, pretty dark. dark. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. I, I'm with Brucey. To be to be fair, like I don't think it. You know, he, he needs to. He could just do something new and original. Yeah. Nothing's new and original anymore. Like it's a Disney film as well. I just don't understand what audience he's open to gain from doing that. Well, it was a fairy tale first, wasn't it? You know, maybe he's going to put a completely different spin on it. I mean, 
But it's Guillermo del Toro. I feel like he should be doing well. Not, not, I'm not probably one to tell Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar-winning director, <laughs> Guillermo projects to choose. Listen, if Guillermo. Working, <laughs> Guillermo, and if you're listening to this, yeah, I, I think he's so original and inventive that I'd like to see him do something new. Hmm. But, well, with the same question, would you like to see him put his own original spin on something that you already know, like an already established film or story like Pinocchio? Probably not a Disney film to. No. You know, something like that. It's a cartoon, it's a kid's, it's for kids. You know, I watched it as a kid. I don't want to watch Gil, Guillermo del Toro turn it into like a kind of, uh, you know, horror spin on it. Like, Pinocchio won't have eyes or some shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, 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 yeah, it's not for the me. The thing definitely. is, it's based on a fairy tale and a lot of Disney's uh, films are based on fairy tales. A lot of them based on Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales as well, which were very dark originally that Disney just did like a light spin on. So, I mean, if it's going to be, but is it still under the Disney platform? Like the I don't Disney think character? so. I don't. I don't think they own the rights to. to I mean, that's yeah. why they're bringing no. it back out again. Maybe they to, don't own the rights to fairy stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you might but there's some things did. like you know, like the Cinderellas and all that yeah. sort of stuff where they they do. Yeah. Or they ran out because it's like 40 years or something in the past. Um, oh, really? They own the rights to Cinderella? I don't, I don't know whether it's I just because of their they records. Might, they might own the rights to something. a certain way of showing Cinderella. Yeah, yeah I think as Brothers not Grimm... Not story. I mean, I don't even know if Brothers Grimm still have descendants, but if they do, surely they've got the rights to, yeah, think so. to their but, stories. But, I don't know. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Have it yeah, good? yeah. I'll give you a I can't wait to see Guillermo. That sounds like an Italian pasta dish, doesn't it? Guillermo does. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. I love Guillermo del Toro, and I, I really liked um, The Shape of Water as well. And I what think, a shit film. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, did he do that one? <clears throat> he did do that one, I yeah. saw that on a plane. Let's go right there. <laughs> <laughs> Come to this podcast. Aussie <laughs> <laughs> reviews. Cares about film. All the insights. <laughs> so before we move on, I think it's time for Alex to give another one of his film feels. Don't be afraid. Your girlfriend is calling. What? (laughs) (laughs) Where do you find these? Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'll just just move on. So, uh, this is oddly enough, I think it's the first time we've ever put like a teen slasher film on trial. So, what's everyone's sort of favourite, most iconic, what do you think is best remembered teen slasher film? I'm going to jump in quickly. I'm going to say Scream, because it's the only one I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scream. Uh, I'm going to go with Urban Legend, which is... <laughs> which has come up before on the podcast. Uh, still still thought it was pretty why, scary. Why did you mention Urban Legend? It was another one of your favourites, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because it's got Sir Michelle Gellar in. No, does it? I think it does. Well, I know what you did last summer. Know, summer. summer. The, um, confusing two another, shit films. Another good one. Yeah. Um, for me, probably Friday the 13th. I thought you were going to say Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> Either Friday the 13th or, uh, you know, any film with, with Freddy Krueger in. Sure. Apart from Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd probably stick with Halloween, to be honest with you. Yeah, classic. I've run out of options. <laughs> any of the ones that you've just mentioned there, to be honest. And I literally can't think of any. Is it? it? I what mean, about that Scary it? Movie? Yeah, Scary, scary Movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is a spoof on a spoof, in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have said Scream as well, to be honest. I absolutely loved Scream when it first came out. I think Wes Craven, it, it already, you know, brought us so many great films uh, for the horror franchise. 
and I think he just re- rejuvenated the sort of slasher film, especially like that sort of teen horror. Before then, I think, because there was a massive wave of it in the sort of 70s, 90s. 80s. Oh, right, yeah. And then it kind of went dead a little bit, uh, pardon the pun. And he brought it back in, in the 90s, I think. And everybody wanted a, a slice well, of the cash cow then. Everybody had that mask. That was the Halloween mm. go-to thing. Oh, uh, yeah. It I still is. At least I mean, it's yeah, yeah, that was good, though. Has anybody seen Scream 4? No. Fuck yeah, me, with terrible. regret, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit where there's a security guard in it, right? And the, his entire thing throughout the film is that, you know, he, he's not like Bruce Willis, so he's trying to be like Bruce Willis, yeah. And, you know, because of all the Die Hard franchise. And then there's a bit where he gets stabbed in the head. So there's a knife sticking out of his head. And then he goes, fuck Bruce Willis, and then falls over. <laughs> <laughs> what, and dies? Yeah. Did Bruce Willis really piss off the director? <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, thank you very, very much for that, guys. Uh, so, moving on to the bulk of the show. Uh, so, what we're going to do here is we usually take a film out of the hat at random and put it on the on, on trial. However, it is Halloween Horror Month this month, so each one of us is taking one of their favourite and most underrated horror films and putting it on trial. This week, it is the turn of Alex, and you've picked Final Destination. Yes. So, would you like to tell us a little bit why you have decided to put this on trial? It's been a very long time since I've seen this film, actually probably about 18 years. But I was thinking about, you know, teen horror. We haven't done a teen horror slash movie. And Final Destination's the one that stuck with me the most. Um, no one said it was the favourite teen horror film, but I still think there's... For good bits, reason. Well, we'll come to that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still think there's very memorable bits. Everyone still knows, when you say Final Destination, no one goes, oh, what was that? You know, everyone still remembers it. It's still... People know about it in film still, so I, yeah, I thought let's put it on trial, see what see what happens. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Well, the rest of the roles have been randomised, and in the role of prosecutor this week and trying to get the film condemned to the shit list is going to be Joel. Uh, now, the roles are picked out at random, so just like real court advocates, Joel and Alex are making the best case for their role. This may or may not be their real opinion, though, so do stay tuned until the end to hear their real thoughts. But in the roles of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinion to either side of the arguments, it's going to be myself and Austin, and that means that Dave has got the most important role this week, and he's going to be playing the judge. He's got to listen to the arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Probably so, my favourite of all the judges, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so without further hesitation, I think we need to give the listeners a bit of a better idea as to what the film is about and spin that wheel of impressions. Okay, so it's landed on Dave. And basically, Dave has to read out the synopsis of the film in the style of a character or one of the cast, perhaps. Uh, guys, what are you thinking? Oh, you're going to be hard it's pushed. Sean William Scott? Like Sean the, William Scott? I don't know, just like a frat boy. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Right. Or Tony Todd. Tony Todd, that's the, I don't know. I don't know. Frat boy or Tony Todd, I think this is what we're <laughs> 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 These are your options, Dave. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll try, I'll try frat boy then, I, I guess. Um... I don't, where was the frat boy Dude. Dude! Basically like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly After like a, a teenager has a terrifying vision of him and his friends dying in a plane crash, he prevents the accident only to have death hunt them down one by one. <laughs> I don't know what you're worried about. That. Spot on. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you very much, Dave. So would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yeah, sure. I saw Final Destination. It's been a while since I saw it, but I have seen it. Um, it's one of those films everyone used to talk about when we were teenagers. It was quite big in high school. And, and now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just setting the scene. I'm just setting the scene. Everyone used to talk about it in high school. Everyone's like, oh, you have to see it, you have to see it. But, you know, I am prepared to consider that maybe it was great when you're a teenager but maybe it's not aged so well so i am open this could go either way gents so which of you would like to commence joel do you want to yep, stick the knife in early so i think you know i'm going to start this one off with a with a compliment actually i think the idea here is is really clever i think anybody who reads the synopsis will be drawn in by you know by the whole premise of the film but the execution is just complete completely horrible this film has also not aged well at all it's very easy to pick apart you know it with these um kind of prosecutions and defense i like to spend a bit of time researching the film uh, researching you know maybe <laughs> maybe past opinions past reviews and i just did not need to for this one because it, it just writ itself um so the deaths really on which the film hangs they're all just so far-fetched they'll there were kind of genuine laugh out loud moments in there. So we'll start off at the start, as you do. Um, so the plane, for example, it's just in dire need of repair and maintenance, and it even kind of zooms in on all the kind of really bad parts of the plane, like um, zooms in on like the uh, the door, it's all kind of rusted and falling apart. Uh, zooms in on like the wings, which are in like dire need of repair. Like he sits on a seat and the little... Um, uh, thing where the tray is that's in dire need of repair and it's just basic health and safety checks and this you know although it was 18 years ago we're, we're talking 2000 here in air travel it's just completely insane to think that a, a, a plane would ever you know be in that kind of state and uh, you know especially like a long-haul flight from america to, to paris um and also they take off in a lightning storm which just does not happen at all like just this summer i was sat in a fucking airport lounge for two hours because there was a, a light storm overhead, uh, which they didn't want to take off in. So straight away, I'll be sure that wasn't implemented after Final Destination came out. <laughs> thank, thank you, character witness. That's a good point, and I didn't think of it. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's there's, there's just a, a lot of those kind of moments. Um, and then, kind of going on from there, the film doesn't really know what it wants to be. It I could, it's got two sides to it like a serious horror film or is it just kind of like this light-hearted almost comedic moment kind of like uh, the original scream or something like that where the deaths are just kind of laughable um and there's a fair kind of few weird moments in there as well uh, the film also misses a lot of opportunities i feel the you know when the characters get off the plane and the plane then explodes there's no real development after that the characters show no real thought of guilt or really much of a care in the world for the rest of their entire class sorry you just exploded in front of them in midair you'd think some of them would have some kind of ptsd or something like that um and dealing with those feelings could have really been you know an interesting development for some of the characters and really flesh them out but it's absolutely never explored it's never touched on again um you know really that the characters are only interested in themselves and the idea of this whole film is that death doesn't like being thwarted and it's so it goes after those who escaped its grasp one by one. However, it's not really explained where the original vision actually comes from. And I was sat there thinking, this film is actually pointless because the vision actually works against them. I mean, they all die eventually, um, or it's kind of insinuated that they will die. And rather than death being over in an instant in like an explosion on the plane, 
they all die in the most ridiculous, gruesome ways possible. So, for, by escaping death in the first place, they've literally just given themselves a more painful death in the end. So, you know, if you think of it like that, it really is just kind of a, a very pointless uh, circle that it comes around to. You know, some of them are slowly choked, decapitated, impaled by no impaled by knives, sorry, and one of them's even exploded into pieces by a bus. Each passing death becomes more and more moronic. They're advised early on in the film that death will come back for them. Uh, They're kind of warned against it, if you like. And you'd think that they'd take things really slowly and, you know, carefully consider their actions as you would. But the just sheer amount of ludicrous situations that they put themselves in is just, it's mind-blowing again. And it's just so they can advance the plot. It's just like, oh, this person's going to do this so he can die in this way. Whereas it would have been much better if they had been being careful, but death had kind of crept up on them in the end anyway. It's just really stupid decisions, like leaning over a computer with a cup of liquid, standing like unbelievably close to a train flying past, which obviously then uh, decapitates the guy. Um, Having a shower with what only can be described as a shower cable that looks like it's made from a fucking choking wire. There's just some really, really weird shit in there. And they're just lazy death scenes. There's no kind of real thought into them. I mean, they're fun to watch and, uh, you know, well, as fun as a death scene can be to watch. But, um, Psycho. <laughs> they're just lazy, like I say. And the three main characters apparently cheat death only for it to come back six, six months later. And again, I found myself sat there thinking, why is it come back six months later? Why didn't it just instantly come back for them? Alex says death was skipping him, but he was about to be killed, like kind of crushed in the middle of these two swinging uh, signs. So would that have just been a freak accident? I didn't understand like the logic there. Uh, the script is very contrived and it's generic. The dialogue is is absolutely terrible. It's unforgivably bad. Uh, there are very few surprises. You can see every death coming a mile away. Uh, but yet the people, the people who are kind of anticipating their own deaths because they've been warned about it, they fail to fucking see it. In the end, it fails because the film just doesn't have a clear identity. It's not creepy. There's no sense of atmosphere. It's lost by the sheer comedic death scenes. And the overall premise of the film just becomes far too predictable. The special effects are no good. Near the beginning of the film, as Alex has the vision of the plane's destruction, we're treated to the same kind of visuals used several decades ago when Superman took to the air. Later, for a beheading scene, the decapitation is so ineptly done that I found myself choking back the laughter. Moments like these make you wonder if the film could have had a chance as camp, but unfortunately the somber serious tone deflates any hope of this. John Denver as well is unfortunately ruined forever after this <laughs> film and Kingsman 2 just tie him to, to death scenes. Uh, and there we go, that's the end of part one. <laughs> I can't wait for part two. <laughs> okay. So Joel says the execution is poor, the concept is good. He says it seems too far fetched and it's it's funny. It's not creepy enough to be a good horror film, but it's not camp enough to be considered like a pastiche or, or anything funny. It's it's a pointless film with no surprises, no atmosphere and no character development. Alex. You know, Joel s- slipped in a few things, a couple of things in there. He said that uh, the deaths were fun to watch which, you know, there are, they are entertaining deaths. You know, they're ludicrous situations. Yeah, of course they're ludicrous situations. If it wasn't ludicrous situations, then the film wouldn't have any point. You know, you wouldn't be going to watch it. The whole thing is to watch these scenes build as you're watching these people about to die. 
that's the film. So if you sat there thinking, that wouldn't happen, that's ludicrous, you're kind of missing the point a little bit. And you you got your head switched on when really you should just be watching the film and enjoying what's what's happening on screen. And enjoying watching people yeah. die horribly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why we watch horror films. You call me a psycho. That's <laughs> why we watch horror films. Um, yeah, that, that is kind of the point. The, the deaths are ridiculous and they are gruesome. But it's not at the point... There, there is a little bit of comedy in this film, but you know when people are getting decapitated, that is quite shocking as well. You don't see it coming in the first time. And so it's shocking, and it's not like this terrible, oh my God, that character was so beautiful. Do you know what I mean? What's going to happen to his family? Yeah, it's got that good mix of, right, you know, yeah, well, plot's going on, he's dead, way he died in a cool way. Next one, you know? Um also they are careful joe was saying like you know the ludicrous situations for not careful i don't know if i've never leaned over a computer with a cup you know i don't think that, that it's that much to say also at that point they don't know that death's after them so when the choking wire goes around them that is what are on bathrooms i think in america as well the choking wire the the, the wire that they have to hang clothes up um and again, it, it, it is fun to watch. Um, Joel was also saying that the plane scene didn't make any sense. How could a, a plane uh, go out like that when it was in no fit shape? But actually, this the, this is based on a real plane crash. It was actually kind of like some people were saying it was in bad taste because it was so close to a plane, plane crash that ha- happened in 1986, TWA 180, I think. So, which had a load of students going to france it was very very similar it was almost quite a bit weird how similar it was and i think people in america were a bit like that's yeah. would have had a bit of a stronger impact i think in america that so you know joel's saying it's not possible but you know planes do fall out of the sky it is an incredible scene that scene as well it's it's at the time a plane crash hadn't been done that well and it was really that plane crash right at the beginning that catapulted this film into being incredibly watchable and incredibly watched um Joel Sainer's bad dialogue, you know, this is Final Destination. It's not Death of a Salesman. We're not expecting fantastic dialogue here. But the dialogue's fine. It, it, it goes on, the plot goes on. It's not, there's no massively amazing bits, but we, no one's expecting that at all. And Joel said as well, the premise is really good in this. The premise is fantastic. It was James Wong who worked on The X-Files. He had this idea, I think it was going to be an, an X-Files episode that he wrote, but it didn't get made. So he made it into a film and brought other people on board. And and you can see that the concept is absolutely fantastic in this. I think there, there were certain compromises made to make it fit into the teen market, but I think it fits quite well, to be honest. And I just don't agree with the bad CGI. I thought the CGI was pretty good to be honest um i don't remember the death when he gets decapitated i thought that was pretty good and watching it again 18 years later i was quite happy there weren't that many you bits. were quite happy when he got decapitated I did. I, 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 <laughs> apparently i can't stop saying that <laughs> but uh yeah I, I thought the cgi was good there was no moments when it brought me out anyway and i thought oh that's just shit cgi i i, I was into it so all in all I think I, I disagree with most of what Joel said, but yeah, you know, he's right. The see, the premise is good, and the death scenes, which is what the whole film's really based around, they're, they're fun as well. Okay, thank you, Alex. So we're all in agreement that they had a good idea. This concept is pretty solid. Um, so character witnesses, what do you think about the other parts? Unless you, you care to disagree with the concept, but um, what do you make of what Alex is saying? Did you just turn up to see some gruesome deaths? Is that enough? Alex says, you know, the CGI is okay. It's good. It's essentially good enough is what I seem to be getting from Alex, you know. So character witnesses, what do you think? Good enough? Um, yeah, I suppose so. Good enough. Like, you know, nobody's, nobody's lying to you. Everything that's been said so far is true. 
I wasn't sure about the concept though. I mean, I've um, it was a while ago, but I did actually watch The Omen, and that seemed to be very similar. The Omen's all about creative deaths, isn't it? Really, mm. like, mm. Uh, like and that seemed very similar um, sort of thing. So it's kind of like a modern take on that. I know it's a very different thing. That it's like The Omen's that um, satanic child. kid, like, but um, it's all about people dying yeah. through sort of fate. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah. So it's quite a good take on that, and, and like Alex said, that yeah, it's you, you're watching for these creative. Oh, is that what's going to kill them, or is that? And so some of them were quite interesting because you think something's going to kill them, and then it doesn't, and then it does. It comes back five minutes later that that is actually the thing that finished them off. It's so it's good in that sense. It is creative, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm in Joel's camp for the most part on these two arguments, even though I've. Alex, I know you just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everything you just said was in favor. Okay, I'll, I'll admit, I didn't see that last week. <laughs> just like yeah. something on a final destination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gav, what are your thoughts? I, I I'm with Alex on this one. To be honest, I think Joel's nitpicking a little bit on plot and story, and I think you've got to have some sort of suspension of disbelief when it comes to this type of film. When you're talking about, oh yeah, you're just waiting for people to die, I think that's what the franchise turned into eventually. People will just come in. You know, it's been a very successful franchise that's made a lot of money, but towards the end, people were just pitching up just to see the kind of creative, inventive deaths that they did. But at the time, I think it was very, very original. I mean, you said about The Omen there, but I can't think of too many other films that had some sort of a serial killer, essentially, or a slasher film that had a, a sort of unembodied yeah. a, a murderer. So, I mean... I've, I've only seen two horror films. <laughs> one, one's Hocus Pocus and the second was this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking, you know, because it's a slasher film yeah, essentially, yeah. but without the slasher there. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, it was pretty creative. Um, I thought the special effects as well really held up. I watched it this morning yeah, yeah. and um, I, I thought the plane crash scene was, was done really well. It, the bit where he's kind of catching on fire as well I thought that was yeah I'd go with that on the special effects they yeah. were all really good yeah. I, think, and I thought the use of practical effects was really good as well um, right. so some somebody needs to get effects. up the decapitation scene and tell me that that is good as special effects because it is fucking terrible <laughs> it's alright it's alright it's terrible I don't think I'm allowed to view it I've just got to go with the opinion and it would have been better in 2000 as well okay Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Um, right, secondary points. Stop swearing at each other. Secondary <laughs> points, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Who'd right. like to go first? Alex, you're up. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about what Ozzy and Gav went on to there. I'm going to talk about um, the death scenes themselves in a little bit more detail. I think the villain in The Final Destination is what sets this film apart and why it's still remembered. Just like Gav was saying, there's an absence, there's no corporeal killer here. There's no actual, you don't ever see what's killing them which is what death is. And this is what makes Dex's film apart. It's death itself. It's not some psycho running around in a mask. It's not some weird vengeance things. It's death itself, which is something we can all tap into, which makes it very uncomfortable watching in, in, in ways and just gives it that extra little level. You know, when I, you know, when I was saying before with everything just, just being okay, this is what I think sets this film apart and makes it, means it should go on the uh, hit list. It's the death scenes aren't in some, you know, apart from the plane scene, it isn't in some sort of weird environment we wouldn't be used to. What makes this film scary is that it's in where we are all the time, uh, you know, in our bathrooms, in our kitchens, in our cars. Our own vir- environments can betray us, which is something we're all aware of, but it's the way this film shows it. You know, there's the, the first death um, 
in the bathroom. It's really well done. You know, he's he's picking up these different things and you, the, the way the scene builds, like, oh, is that going to be a problem? Is that going to be? You know, he gets the nail scissors and he's putting them up his nose and you just, all of a sudden, it's almost like your imagination. This normal thing that can ha- we do, well, we don't do all the time, but do you know what I mean? It's... It, it, you suddenly start thinking, oh man, if that happened and he fell over, what's going to happen? And he falls backwards. And you, like, just like Ozzy was saying, you start to see, you start to think, right, now they can see death coming, you can portent us. And then all of a sudden the film sort of comes at your left field and does it a, a different way. Apparently in loads of cinemas, the bus scene where the girl gets hit by the bus, like they had to extend the scene after that because audiences were sh- so shocked. Because it is a shocking moment, even though I could see it coming this time because I'd remembered it from the first time. Yeah. still a very shocking <coughs> moment. The way it's done is done incredibly well. And apparently they need audiences there to extend the bit afterwards so they could calm down so they could <laughs> get back into the film after it um and it this is what's scary this is what the root this is what the root of makes all horror films horror films it's this inevitable uncompromising uncom- death the first plane scene i think is absolutely incredible um and like the hitchcock's death i know Gav, uh, joel is saying that like the um the decapitation wasn't done very well but it's the way that scene builds it's the way he sees the train coming so is the train going to hit him then his seatbelt's going and then he gets out and then you think you're safe and then boom it gets decapitated it's just you know you thought you knew what was happening and then the film comes and gives you another little surprise uh, there's references to death throughout this film is actually a lot more a lot cleverer than you sort of know at the time a little bit all the main characters have horror films horror filmmakers names there's a Hitchcock there's a Shrek not a maker but you know all connected to um movies. yeah to, to to movies and you know it's a 90s teen slasher film so like i was saying before this isn't going to be death of a salesman it's not going to be the best but in their own sort of vernacular in their own way of expressing themselves there are some really interesting conversations that go on it's not like i say the best dialogue to do it but they do talk about death and life and they do talk about you know what what you know maybe what's up there what's around it it does get a little existential in in its own sort of teen slashery way which again i think sets this film apart a little bit just in what's being discussed there's not that sort of romance well there's a little bit of a romance going on but that doesn't overshadow the film they they can just talk through what they're scared of and i i just think it's very interesting and far more interesting than most teen slasher films so I think it's a very interesting film. I do think it's set apart from a genre, and I think that's why it should go on the hit list. Okay, thank you, Alex. Uh, Joel, I'd imagine you object to some of that. Uh, yeah, but uh, well, I was going to say I'm surprised, but I'm not really surprised that Alex didn't touch on the characters. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Devon Sawa, is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually thought like his facial expressions were absolutely spot on. He did a good job of looking like scared and terrified, but his line delivery was absolute garbage. Um, the rest of the characters, there's absolutely nothing to say. They're just there for cannon fodder. Like, I'd completely disagree with what Gab said before. They are just there to die. They're just put in harm's way uh, for the sake of death catching up with them. They're all paper thin, all generic stereotypes, and they're just completely, completely terribly done. Uh, the only thing f- this movie really deserves any credit for is the initial premise, and after that, it turns into a shit show. You know, I'm not denying that the the plane scene was you know exciting or exhilarating or whatever because because it was, um, but that is the only good part of the film. Uh, the characters, as I say, they lack any shred of intelligence. They, I think, it's the death uh, where he chokes on the uh, kind of shower wire. After that, they're kind of told uh, that death is going to come for them, and they are just so avoidable. The death, 
they are just put in harm's way, as I say, just for this excuse for death to catch up with them. Um, then they have the whole kind of thing of John Denver, the music that plays uh, when the death's about to come. And the death scenes don't really build up because you know that it's happening. You know when this train going past, like Sean William Scott, he's kind of going on this mad rant about like talking. Um, you know, he's talking about death and he's getting like really riled up and you're like, oh, well, you know, he's absolutely going to die. Um, and and obviously he does. And then again, uh, the girl who's hit by the bus, I think just before she dies, she's like, you know, hang on, guys, this is this is my life we're talking about here. It's not something that we can play about with. And then she just steps into the road and she doesn't even look. She just steps backwards into the road. And the, of course, the bus fucking hits her. What does she expect is going to happen? It's like stepping out backwards into a fucking motorway. It's just completely ridiculous. And they just put themselves into harm's way to die. And it, it was actually one of the points that this is a slasher movie without the slasher. But in slasher movies, there's an excuse for the gruesome death. There's an actual character there. There's a slasher, whether it's a sadistic individual who, you know, likes to torture people who, uh, or who stalks them or whatever. Or there's a supernatural element to it, like, you know, Freddy or Jason or somebody like that who, like, literally rips people open. There's an excuse for that amount of gore, those kind of really... Uh, insanely graphic deaths and that type of thing. Whereas here, there isn't. You know, if it was death that was stalking them, and like I said, the idea is cool, then surely they would just die in kind of these, uh, you know, normal ways as to not raise uh, attention. If people were dying like that all the time and you would expect that this is something that would happen, it'd be all over the fucking news all the time. And of course, there is a suspension of disbelief because this is a horror film, but not to this degree where people are just making continually stupid decisions um, when they know they're in harm's way. It's like, you know, uh, the, the whole kind of typical horror movie thing where people make really bad decisions like going into a dark alley on their own or something like that. But if you said to that character, do not go in this area at this time because something bad might happen, then I'm sure they would be a little bit fucking careful about it. But in this movie, they just do it for the sake of it. It's just, like I say, it's just the the characters are there just to die. Aside from those main three characters, that's their sole purpose in this film. And for me, that's just completely unforgivable. Okay, thank you. I, I see a funny look across across Alex's just, face. You, you have something to say. Yeah, I'd be brief. But it's not like people are making stupid decisions. You know, like in the old slasher films, it's not like, oh, look, at down, downstairs in the cellar, I think I can hear a noise. I'd best go down the creaky stairs and close the door behind me. That's a fucking stupid decision. Stupid decisions in this is... It's your like, cellar. You can- <laughs> <laughs> so stupid decisions in this is she has a cup that she doesn't know is cracked and then she walks around with it. Yeah, a little bit daft, but do you know what I mean? She doesn't deserve to to get a bit of computer in the neck do you know you know it's uh, <laughs> i don't think there's that many stupid decisions that are made in the film i think that's what the where the where the horror comes from i don't think there's anything where you go no don't go that way they're just at home that's what makes it scary and the fact that you don't see the villain that is brilliant we don't understand death and we none of us do and that's if Speak it tried to, to explain <laughs> <laughs> if it tried to explain why death was doing it and death's motivation and why it was doing it, then you'd lose something in the film. It's explained, it, isn't it? He's he's making up for the fact that they managed to cheat. Him. Yeah, but you, but why is he doing it in a gruesome way? Why is he almost punishing them? What 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 is death? Who is he? What's going on? 
I, I don't. Th- I think it's better that it's left you alone. That's a man. What about a woman? <laughs> Sexist. I, I was just thinking that. To be honest, uh, <laughs> they then gender neutral. Like, uh, w- you know, w- what is the force that's doing it? We don't understand it. We don't know it. And I think because they don't try and pin it down, and there's not someone who comes out going, "I am death. I'm coming." You know, I think it's the movie's better for leaving that unexplored as death is. Okay. What do you guys think, Ozzy Gav? Weighed in on this one. I'm sort of with Alex here a little bit. Uh, sorry, Joel, but go screw yourself. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you thought Woman in Black was shit and you're defending this piece of garbage. <laughs> I, I think that this was original, whereas The Woman in Black is based on a very successful play. Which we've all seen. I, I don't want to hear about The Woman in Black right now. <laughs> thanks, I want to hear thanks, about thanks. Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked the fact that it was there. And I don't think like most of the characters, were, apart from the, the, um, the girl stepping back into traffic i think that was the only death that was like oh come on you know if if you're gonna step out you know backwards into traffic then yeah you know what i mean don't be surprised if you get hit by a bus but everybody else no it's just sort of like you know you didn't know when it was going to come and as alex was saying you know that suspension was just built up you know is he gonna die now is he gonna die now and then it's something out of uh, out of the blue um, yeah, I will agree with Joel a little bit in that the characters aren't maybe as fleshed out as much as they should be. Um, some of them are just kind of there to be killed, like the, the girl who steps out in front of the bus. I, I think she has like two lines in the entire thing. Uh, the rest of the characters are sort of based on just usual tired stereotypes. You know, you've got your jock, you've got your nerd, you've got your whatever. But I, I know in films like this, that's just a trope. That's just so we can kind of easily identify and understand those characters. You know what I mean? It's just a, a time cutting measure that's used sometimes. And on the whole, though, I thought it was pretty decent. Okay, thank you. Austin, what are your thoughts? Um, actually, I think I'm, I am more on uh, Alex's side with this one as well. Um, and and to go against absolutely everyone, I thought the girl um, who steps back into traffic, I thought that was one of the biggest shocks because it's quite early on in the film, so you kind of think that it's going to be a bit more creative. She just suddenly, boom, yeah. and then you're into, oh shit, these people can die I at think, any time. I think we all agreed now. that it was shocking. Yeah. I think Joel was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. debating whether it she was sensible it. or not. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's something you do, isn't it? Like, Walk out into traffic all the time. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. Backwards. 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 You know, just a fool. But um, <laughs> I've lost some what I was going to say now. Um, Are you trying to make yourself sound more manly? After more revealed yeah. about the zombie experience before jazz hands and you way down to the floor. Uh, no, I forgot what I was. Uh, what were we talking about? Final destination. The shocking death. So the shocking death. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm uh, more on Alex's side with this one. Is um, it's, I can't remember what was the fucking point we were talking about. I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. And Joel's wrong. That's just yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. just just to ask a couple of questions of you is so the worst surprises. You agree with that? It yeah. was creative. Did you feel it was relatable? That was something that Alex mentioned. The fact that when they die, they're doing more apart from standing by the train tracks. You know, I don't think we do that too often. But a lot of it was quite relatable, and that's what made it scary. Would you happen to agree with that? Yeah, well, I think that's why people say I'm having a final destination moment, isn't it? Because you, it's all of those. You're doing something um, a bit, you know, a bit, bit. Has anyone ever said they're having a final destination? Yeah, I get that all the time. You know, like if you're painting and you're stood on a chair instead of being stood on, or you're 
on the top of a all those things that you shouldn't do what you get but if i told you that you're gonna die soon would you stand on top of that chair well that's like that or would you be a little bit more just run away from you joel i'd probably i mean i'd probably do something like what that kid does and duct tape everything to the walls and (laughs) (laughs) stay in the middle so i'm safe so i i I don't think it was too preposterous it was uh yeah it was Mm. all right and gav one question for yourself performances Honestly, what did you think? Just generally... If you even say that anything other than shit, then you're losing all credibility from everything you've said. I I, I wouldn't take that premise. <laughs> I think he's, he's backed you into a, a, a verbal corner there. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought Sean William Scott did a quite, quite a good job, to be fair. Considering, oh, fuck off. <laughs> considering that like, he plays the same character in everything, this is, this is the first time that I've seen him play another character that wasn't Stifler, to be That's honest. That's true, yeah. But, See the is he the guy who gets his head chopped off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean... It's, Looks like a watermelon getting cut in half. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, they, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, did, they did an alright job, you know what I mean? It's like, it, that, that type of horror film, you're not going to really have, like, fleshed out characters. You're not going to have, Why like, kind you? of... But, as, as I said before, it, it just kind of, it's, it, it's... That's for genre. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, really. <laughs> okay. I think if it had been any longer, I'd have, uh, I'd have got bored. I think. Yeah, no, I think the performances could could have been better, but for what it was, it was it was good. Okay, perfect opportunity just to talk to you about Tony Todd and you and your past. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, Tony Todd is the fucking man. You know what I mean? And anything that he's that, in is automatically gold. I, I'm not putting that either side of the argument. I just wanted to hear it. <laughs> okay, I think I've heard everything I need to hear. I've got some points here to consider. Would you guys like to take uh, one minute closing statements? Would love to. Okay, who'd like to go first? Alex. I would. Tough shit, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, This is a teen, 90s teen horror slash killer thing. It's a really good film. It's not going to be perfect. The performances aren't going to be amazing. The dialogue's not going to be fantastic, but it's good enough to be a vehicle for the really good premise. For the different things that this film does when it brings up actual uh, sort of teens talking about death and the meaning of life to a certain extent. It does all of those things that it needs to absolutely perfectly. And it is part of our sort of, I think part of like film history to a certain extent. People remember Final Destination. It's very, very terrifying. And it's it's just got that extra little thing that a film needs, I think, to get on the hit list. It's definitely stayed with me. And the death scenes, as I was watching it yesterday for the first time in 18 years, were all familiar to me. It has stuck with me for a very long time which for me means it stood the test of time. It's a very scary film, and it definitely should go on our hit list. (laughs) 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 Could could not have punctuated that better myself. One solitary crow (laughs) says your time is up. Joel, one minute closing statement. Take it away. Okay, well, Alex opened his opening state, sorry, closing statement with this film is not going to be amazing and the dialogue isn't going to be that great either. I mean, that, that kind of tells you all you need to know. The only final destination this film should be is down the fucking shitter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, his argument was just one flourish. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Wait, he got two, two crows there. <laughs> two crows. Damn, he loves a flourish though, Gav. So. Nature has spoken. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tally up these points here, see what I think. Um, are we going to kill a little bit of time? 
with a quiz. Yes, yes. We're going to cheat death for five more minutes. <laughs> we, we are, we are. Um, oh, before you do that, that's oh. something that did annoy me actually a little oh, bit. Oh, easy, get easy. <laughs> okay, we'll just do, we'll the do the it after the judge. <laughs> we'll do it after the judgment. Sorry. Yeah. So, so this is a quiz that I've written up while you've all been speaking because I didn't do one before. Well, I did, but I thought it didn't really fit in. So um, I've done another one. This is a quiz I like to call cheating death. Air brackets, fuck you, death. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so guys, I've written down a number of questions here. I want you guys to, uh, in, in, in order, pick a number between 1 and 11. So starting with Alex. 3. 3, okay. What classic 80s film does Happy Death Day borrow the premise from? That's your question. What classic 80s film does Happy Death Day? No idea. No idea? Point it out to anybody else? Grand Hope Day. Yes, well done, Austin. Boom. Austin's got one point here. Um, okay, so Joel... Between one and eleven. 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 Okay. Tony Todd is obviously we've spoken about how brilliant Tony Todd is. He appears in this film, but he's most notable for his appearance as Candyman in the film Candyman. <laughs> but can you tell me in which city was the short story written by Clive Barker set in? <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> um Boston. No. Um, Anybody else? New Orleans. No, 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 no. Chicago? No, okay. Baltimore? <laughs> very, very close to home. Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. Okay. Uh, um, okay. In the UK? Austin? It, yeah, Clive, Clive Barker's from Liverpool. Oh, really? So the story was set in Liverpool. Oh, and when I it see. came to filming it, they were like, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe we'll move it to Chicago. Like Peter Slemon. Uh, <laughs> furious, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... Austin. You can Google Peter Slemon if you don't know is who it, he is. Yeah. Is it Peter Slemon? I think so, It's yeah. like a Liverpool ghost story guy. Anyway, yeah. uh, Austin, what puts him in 1 and 11? Uh, 11. We've just had 11, you dick. Between <laughs> 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 1 and 10 and not 3. Four. You seem like you're having such Four. a nice conversation there. Isn't it? <laughs> How many people are killed by the shark in Jaws? Um, just one. No, anybody else? Seven. No? Five. Yep, Dave's got it, five. I actually just tied them all up for me. <laughs> I like yours. Okay, uh, Dave, between one and ten, not um, four or three. Two. Two. Who was the last person to die in Alien? Oh, we had this question at the quiz, didn't we? You can have oh, one or one or oh. two choices. Can I, have we had all these questions at the quiz? Can, do, I have, do I have to name the character or can I name the actress? Um, go on. It was Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. It was the actress. I can't remember the name of her character, though. Lambert. You Lambert. could have also have had Dallas, who's Tom Skerritt, but in, in the director's cut. Only in the director's cut. Okay. Uh, Alex, between one and ten, you can't have two, three, or four? Uh, one. One. Who played Death in the film Last Action Hero? Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. Laurence Olivier. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Was, no. was it Ralph Richardson? No. No idea. Nobody? No. Ian McKellen. Oh. oh. Okay, Joel. No, I was close, Bruce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joel, between five and ten. Uh, six. Six. Up had one of the most unexpected and heart-wrenching death scenes, but what was the name of the character who died? Um, Mr. Up. No. Mrs. Up. Mrs. Up. Uh, <laughs> anybody? Is it Ellie? Yes, Ellie. Ellie. Oh, Ellie. Wow. Well done, Dave. Well Ellie Fredrickson. Okay, uh, Austin, between... Seven. Okay, well done. <laughs> um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan had one of the most memorable self-sacrificing deaths, but what spin did they put on that scene in Star Trek Into Darkness? Oh... 
No. Alex? I'd, I'd, no, I'd rather not say. No, no, you've got I've to got to let Alex do this one. <laughs> is it, is Spock it? didn't die, it was Kirk. Oh, but it's okay. Yeah, you said, it, said it with such enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, isn't I like that? See? No. No? No. It, I it, thought it was really poignant. It ruined. It ruined. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, between eight and ten, or you can have five. Uh, let's go for five. Who played Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Oh, I've got this. Was, I've got this. Was it William Sadler? Ah, it was William Sadler. <laughs> well done, Dave. Uh, okay, so that, that that's it now. Unless you want to, I've got two more questions. Fire them out. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Which Python donned the Reaper's hood in the Meaning of Life? Anybody? Terry Jones. No. John Cleese. Yes. Well done, Dave. Okay. Um, who played Death in the Bang Average film? Meet Joe Black. Mm. It's Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how many films have there been in the Final Destination franchise? Five. Seven. Five. Five. Seven. Joel, Seven. Joel's right there. Oh. Okay, so congratulations, Dave. You won there with uh, four. I'll, well take well I'll take it. I know my death. You get a, you get a free uh, Freddo. <laughs> I paid for those Freddo. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get a free Freddo. <laughs> oh, shit. Was that, was that meant to be a frog effect there for no. a second? <laughs> I, think, I think my Freddo's off mate I don't want it <laughs> the ghostly Freddo <laughs> okay thank you very much for that Gav very good quiz um, right I've been tallying up these points and I've been there's been a lot of contradiction going on so I've essentially been scratching points off which have been disproved by the character witnesses or by each other and I've gone with what I feel um, we're all in agreement the concept here is good they've come up with a good idea joel says the execution is less than less than good so i've got creativity down which austin supported i've got originality down which was backed up by gav as well um the execution i don't know i believe joel when he says the the characters aren't so good maybe the performances were i think average is the feeling i'm getting not necessarily bad but nothing nothing that spectacular average characters and yeah Paper thin, I believe him. Crap performances, I believe him. He said terrible CGI. Actually, that was disproved. The character witnesses backed Alex up when they said the CGI is actually not bad when you think this was just about the turn of millennium. Was it 2001? 2000. 2000. So just about the turn of millennium. And they said the special effects have held up okay. Um, Joel said there were no surprises. That was disproved. We, we've got a very memorable jump scare, which I was reminded of. Uh, one thing that Austin's... Actually, I don't think it was you, Alex, that said, you know, when you were watching the film back you remembered the deaths. And, you know, as they were being described to me, I could visualize them from when I watched it years ago. It is quite memorable. It did have a bit of an impact. Um, and what you were saying about the deaths coming from the constant left field, now that, Gav's right, that has become gimmicky in, like, the later Final Destination films and films that want to be Final Destination. But as far as the original film goes, that's not a sin I'm going to lay on its doorstep. I don't think that's that's to blame. The references, I do like that. I like the references to classic horror. Um, I like the fact they cast Tony Todd, not just because I like Tony Todd, but he's Candyman. You know, there is a big classic horror nod right there. And, you know, Joel mentioned the John Denver thing. John Denver died in a plane crash. I actually think that's quite a good nod on behalf of the director or producers or whoever decided to include that song. I think that is actually quite... As if you fucking knew that. (laughs) I did. I think that's quite a poignant reference, to be honest with you. Um... All in all, though, I think Joel has made some very good points, and I think he's quite right about characters and the script. All in all, from the sounds of it, the film's got enough going for it that its great concept wasn't overly let down. So I would say this is a hit. (coughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, I, I was trying to spice it up a little bit and I didn't know that he would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for something similar to applause. Hang on. There you go. Yeah, happy now. Yeah. I like the train one you had right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I meant to do more um, more Final Destination related ones. <laughs> oh, we're going to get. But while now. you're looking for this um, thing, let me tell you the bit that annoyed me. Oh, yeah, go on. Go on. Um, you brought it, it was in the quiz. Is you know the way death in um, Bill and Ted's adventure is a bit like gets foiled by Bill and Ted. Essentially, mm. that's kind of like what the death in this happens, isn't it? You know, he gets tricked when he's it's death by some know? stoner teens. Yeah, you know, whereas <laughs> like death, death. It, it, in all other films, he's like, <coughs> yeah, but you never. I think that's. I think it works because you never see it, so you don't actually yeah. know what is going after them, which makes it scary. Yeah, it? yeah, maybe I don't know. There was a few bits where I felt annoyed. It was like, well, it's death. How have you? Yeah, you know, and then it's like, oh, death, death got the list in the wrong order. No, it just because he did so but yeah other than that it was know, fine. D- d- it's death, nitpicking d- you know? death does sound a little OCD yeah. <laughs> yeah. and also he likes slippages like, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he loves slippages but other than yeah. that it was fine but what did you actually think of the film then Alex I take it the fact that you brought it to the table yeah I, I, I think because it's so memorable and it stuck with me I'm glad it's on the hit list I, I have to say uh, I like Joel's first sentence I couldn't agree with more to be honest <laughs> <laughs> when he said the premise is good but the execution wasn't so good I, I i think it should be on the hit list but i also watching it was thinking ah uh, it could this could have been a really really great film i think actually if, if they hadn't gone as much for the teen horror slasher market i've got a feeling when james wong first brought it to the studio i feel like the script might i don't know i'm just completely guessing this but i think the script might have been a bit more edgier and a bit more of a, a bit more of a classic film maybe but um no i'm glad it's on the hit list but yeah to be honest as soon as joel said that I was just like yep that's exactly what i thought yeah. and joel what did you think um it's entertaining when you watch it and you know what it can't be that bad if it's spawned four fucking sequels <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I think that like doing it for this was the first time i'd seen it after the initial watch like whenever it came out and pretty much everything I said, it, it was true. Like uh, some of the stuff that Gab said, I uh, literally, knowing his standards, I can't believe that he actually thought that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, it is, I think it's on the right list. You know, it, it was definitely a hit film and uh, the, the, the premise is, is absolutely excellent. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. <laughs> I like you said know my standards when you're sat right next to a DVD of Ghost Shark. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I, a very eclectic mix, mate, and this is bang in the middle of it. Um, okay, so, right, should we play a little game of high roll lower? So don't go rooting through my oh, terrible well, DVDs. Well, I want to see Ghost Shark. <laughs> it's not that. It's, uh, it's No, no, that, that one was called Super Cigarette Black. Burns. Yeah, you know, that's, that's it. Um, Is that another no, great... It's a TV movie by John Carpenter. All oh, right, okay. Can, can you stop judging my, my DVD collection, please? <laughs> too far, too late. You'll also notice the far Avengers starring Sean Connery there as well, pal, so <laughs> fucking try and defend that one. Uh, stop flashing them around as well. Anyway... <laughs> So, um, should we play a game of higher or lower? Higher or lower than The Woman in Black? First off, just say higher or lower. Just higher. I mean lower. Much uh, lower. Higher. No, I think higher. I think I'll have a cult following. Yeah. Lower. Okay, so The Woman in Black got 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So, still yeah, well going to stick with that? Lower higher. than that? No, higher. Mm, maybe higher. Maybe I'm going to say higher still. 6.7. 
Ooh, bang on the nose. Wow. Just just a little bit above 6.7. Yeah. Oh, well done, Alex. Well Thank done. Thank you. So before we move on, I think it's uh, time to have a little bit of a caption contest. So what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film and we put it on Twitter for all of our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. <laughs> 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 so uh, this week I've taken a still of Daniel Radcliffe looking out the mirror holding his palm to it and he's why uh, did you uh, why did you, why did you use Daniel Radcliffe for, uh, for this Final one? Destination yeah are you obsessed with Daniel Radcliffe or something now oh shit <laughs> <laughs> wow but that's not what film we just did but that's alright we can uh, we can yeah, stick yeah, with yeah, it yeah. maybe that's yeah. what we can start doing I've been, I've been off we gaming for two of the week <laughs> you know what like, like it got to like last night it was just about you've changed, bed, Gav, you've changed and I was like shit I haven't done the caption contest this week and we didn't do it last week yeah, and this we is made, well, we made this one week. up last week we did it ourselves didn't we yeah. so go on tell us about the Daniel Radcliffe I'll do Daniel Radcliffe we're going to be a week behind with a lot of captions now why don't all of our captions just involve Daniel Radcliffe Right, so it's Daniel Radcliffe holding his palm to a window, looking out, bemused. Uh, so you guys are just going to pick the funniest one, starting with when you realise you are not an actual wizard and can't open the window just by waving at it. Yeah. Um, and then I've got like uh, lyrics here. Dobby, can you hear me? the next one i have to go back to my cell now please visit me again next week um and then i've got one uh raccio scary ghost lady no no well then i'm afraid i'm all out <laughs> all right okay I, I think it's supposed to be a spell sorry it is, yeah. um judging by the amount of ectoplasm on this window i think we need to call dare busters <laughs> um not penny's boat uh, that's a reference to lost there <laughs> very obscure like one yeah like uh wait i may need to use the washroom um <laughs> It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> uh, when something is about to fall and you mentally try to tell it to stay. <laughs> what is this infernal contraption? Um, is that man wearing a bikini and master chef helmet? <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, uh, th- thank God I spent all my Harry Potter money on those mime classes. <laughs> Um, okay, when you realise you're the one, uh, so when you realise you're the one, and Morpheus was right, you won't have to dodge bullets. <laughs> um, okay, uh, take on me, take on me. <laughs> Fucking That's hell. quite good. It's going on for ages. This uh, midnight express voice. Oh, Harry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> uh, Papa, can you hear me? Somebody's come and say. Um, uh, Joanna, uh, sorry. Hopefully, you've all seen Sweeney Todd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have. I can't, rem- can't remember the song. And the, it, yeah. and the last one. Oh fucking hell! It's good actually. When they call you Elijah Wood and you don't know whether you should wave or not. <laughs> <laughs> So, which one should win a photo there, guys? I'm going to go for number two, I think. The, Dobby, the, can you hear me? Yeah, Dobby, can you hear me? Uh, I like that one. I quite liked Elijah Wood at the end. I like the Elijah Wood one. It's it's a close... Gav, <laughs> come on, you can be decider. Oh, I'm thinking we're going to go with Elijah Wood. So, yeah, well uh, well done to Real Horror Show. You've just won yourselves a lovely Freddo. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Considering so, it was the wrong film as well, we got so many captions. I know we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For very short notice as well, very short yeah. notice. Uh, so thank you, everybody, who, who put a caption in there. Honestly, we really do appreciate all the captions that we get every week. Next time, I will put the appropriate one on. I think we'll have to do one for Final Destination as well, just because it's a midweek one. Yeah, like a midweek here. Um, okay, so so we've come to the end of this now just to say that the next film on trial is going to be the last in our halloween horror uh, specials which is a bit golden to be honest because that means that i'll probably have to stop using the halloween horror app or maybe i won't maybe i'll just keep on, <laughs> keep on using it i have to break it out every time we do a horror film so the last film that we're going to review is my choice and my choice is pet cemetery uh, i can already see some giggles coming from brucey because he's uh, <laughs> pulled out the other roles out of the hat at random and alex is going to be acting as the prosecution and that means that joel and captain dave will be the character witnesses and austin will be the judge so uh, i think to be honest i'd rather be called the executioner so gonna be a sidekick <laughs> i i really you judging I, you gotta I'm remember ca- i'm character you gotta remember Impartial, i'm the judge and i've not seen it so it could go anyway i've got exactly. no is no a wild card the wild card judge i picked this film for four reasons to be honest so the first reason four. for four reasons four solid reasons so the first reason is that i really like the film and i think it's a very sort of marmitey film you no, either you love it or you hate it I, d- I do <laughs> right <laughs> it's starting already uh, number two um, by the way you know like Final Destination you know yeah. what I mean another fucking wimp choice we're supposed to be picking what? like you had a love more hate and pick. that's picks. a marmite I thought I'd do it. <laughs> number two um, it's um, it's directed by a woman uh, Mary Lambert is the director we have never directed the film by, by a woman okay well we've not picked a no we've not we've, we've not directed the film by one before and, and, you, and, say and that... you're picking this one to start us off well yeah because, uh, <laughs> no, I was a, maybe I was a... she said women directors back a good 20-30 years did you think of that no I know shop I was, I, was, yeah, I was thinking about doing Near Dark or Prevenge uh, but no I decided to go for this one because this is quite marmitey and I, I, no, I think I've blended in the main I think one to point four already and I, I, I think that uh, female directors don't get a lot of chances with regards to horror so I thought it'd be a nice one for us to do yeah, anyway. she, she had a great career after that <laughs> well, so what was the guy who's directed Final Destination what's he up to now Alex? he's the dunno <laughs> what's his <laughs> name James Wong James <laughs> Um, yeah okay so um, thank you very much everybody for <laughs> I, I do actually think he's, he's written and he's directed a bunch of American horror stories to be fair uh, if it's the same guy I'm thinking about but anyway so thank you very much everyone for, who has listened uh, if you want to catch any of our future contact or our past content you can catch all of it on filmsontrial.co.uk or any podcasting platform Alex he also did Final Destination 3 <laughs> but, but not Final Destination 4 <laughs> that's the best one <laughs> so why not give us a follow on twitter at film trials you can recommend a film for us to put on trial and we will get round to doing it as soon as halloween horror month is out of the way uh, also check out our friends and collaborators our graphic designer winston at the underscore quirks and our music producer austin at aussie ray also check us out on all of the social media apps facebook instagram youtube films on trial so thank you much uh, uh, thank you very much everybody final destination is on the hit list just about and we will be in your ears next week with pet cemetery <laughs> jesus christ <laughs>
<laughs> still going. Still going. Oh, shit, 